0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: If it's not in our best interest, it's not in his either. And he's going to speak up about it. This is The Roy Green Show.
0: Despite all of the commonality between the three of us we continue to disagree on the question of moving diluted bitumen from Alberta to uh, the port of Vancouver.
2: The federal government along with the province of Alberta have have commenced uh, very significant uh, conversations with Kinder Morgan around uh, the financial arrangements that will make sure that it gets done.
1: Uh, It is a project in the national interest. Uh, It means uh, thousands of good jobs uh, in Alberta, some in BC. Uh, But it also means we are able to move forward on historic oceans protection and on a national plan to reduce our climate emissions and reach our uh, Paris targets.
0: So uh, everything is accomplished, but nothing is accomplished. And there are the three stars from this morning. Um, Mr. John Horgan, Rachel Notley, both premiers, British Columbia and Alberta, respectively, and uh, the leader of the pack. Justin Trudeau. So yesterday, I had a conversation with the Premier of Saskatchewan, Scott Moe. And I asked Mr. Moe a number of questions, about half an hour. You can uh, go and listen back to it and download it on my webpage, RoyGreenShow.com, in the podcast. And uh, here are a couple of comments that we heard from Premier Moe. Here's the first one.
3: The Premier of British Columbia has has no grounds to be making comments uh, on this dis- on, the, on this, uh on the approval of this project. It's been approved and and
0: it should be built. And then there was the point made by, or the question asked, by the Premier of Saskatchewan about, well, whether we have a nation.
3: Our nation was built on the construction of some of these projects and they've been very unifying projects for the nation of Canada. If a province such as British Columbia is able to stop one of these projects, it begs the question is, do do we still have a nation?
0: And that from the premier who told us $1.8 billion is lost annually to the Saskatchewan economy if Kinder Morgan is not built, is not a reality in Canada. So uh, earlier in the week, because as all of this was percolating, I got to thinking about issues that we, we talk about a lot in this country, and we've talked a lot about over the last, well, 30, 40 years. And it's had to do constantly with constitutional crisis in Quebec. But now we have an issue that involves particularly Western Canada, but engages all of us in this country. And that is the pipelines. Two years ago, it was Energy East. And Denny Kader, the, uh, the spokesman for the politicians of Quebec who sneered at Western Canada, and sneered at Alberta, and essentially said, you're not going to get this thing built through uh, Quebec. It's not going to happen. Meanwhile, they have no problem in Quebec accepting tanker loads of Saudi Arabian and Middle Eastern oil coming into, uh, into the province and into the country because money's being made, and I want to know who's making the money. That's always been the question for me. Who's making money off that? Because there's no opposition to that, no opposition to energy, uh, to at least to the tankers going up the St. Lawrence uh, River from the Quebec politicians. They're okay with that. Of course, they also use the St. Lawrence as a toilet. But that's another issue. And so now we're dealing with the Trans Mountain Pipeline. And the question is, should it be built? And the answer is, for most people in this country, yes. It should be built. It needs to be built. It's a national issue, with due respect to the people in British Columbia. It's not exclusively a B.C. issue. It's a national issue. Just as Quebec wasn't just exclusively a Quebec issue, it was a national issue. We all get involved. We all all had opinions. And we all still have opinions if they tried it again. So it was two years ago that I received an email from one of these three gentlemen... They're all Albertans, and I was very interested in the email that he wrote, and I thought, you know, there's a possibility here for a program, and I got in touch with them, and uh, sure enough, uh, he found two of his friends. They came on the show, and we talked about the future of Canada. We talked about their views of Alberta within Canada. We talked about the issues that mattered, and it had to do with Energy East. And I think maybe voting was one of the other issues that we got at because the prime minister was going to change the way elections were held. That never happened. But, and I have the email that he sent that one of these three men sent to me, and I think it was Jerry. It was you, Jerry, wasn't it, who sent me that email? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, Good to talk to you again. Yeah. And uh, your buddies Chris and Bill are with us as well. Hi, Chris. Hey, Hey, Roy. How's it going? Great. How are you doing? Good, good. And Bill, how are you? Just fine, though, thank you. How excited are you with your premier in, in, in Alberta, Bill? What's your, what's, your, what's your sense of what Ms. Notley has done? How is she handling the Mountain uh, Pipeline issue for Alberta?
1: Well, the meeting that the Three Stooges had this morning with their supporting cast really wasn't anything new to me. Um, they're going to try to bribe us with our own tax dollars, and I'm really hoping that Kinder Morgan turns around and tells them to just go away and starts filing suit against them through NAFTA. I think that might be the best thing that might happen here.
0: So there's nothing uh, there's nothing encouraging that you're seeing coming from Premier Notley, even though she's saying that pipeline has to be built. You're not you're you're not seeing anything really positive from her. No, she's just trying to save her own okay. political skin. Chris. Yeah,
3: I I got to agree with Bill there. It's. It seems like it's a case of yeah, the, you know, don't watch the right hand what it's doing right now. She's just trying to get herself reelected. She's she's talking a good game, but even even she doesn't really want the oil industry in this province.
0: All right, and well, yeah, I I don't think any of them on uh, on the left of the I shouldn't say any, but a significant number of politicians on the left of the political spectrum only see the oil sands as a black eye for Canada. And it causes them some embarrassment when they travel and when the prime minister travels. He never says anything really positive about the oil sands. He was in Washington meeting with Barack Obama and they went to the think tank, uh, which was, I think, John Podesta heads it, the former uh, head of the Hillary Clinton election campaign. And Mr. Trudeau didn't say a word about what was going on in Alberta when the jobs were being lost, other than saying, well, yeah, it's tough on jobs in Alberta. but He didn't say anything to defend the oil sands. Jerry... What are, uh, have you changed your view on on anything since we talked two years ago?
4: Oh, not much. I see, I see some uh, more movement, like a more uh, a, a greater desire. I, I'm on Twitter and I, I, I watch the threads and see what's going on. I get a lot of news off of it too from different points of view. And uh, I think the biggest thing is like I think this pipeline is just another nail in the casket that we call Canada. Um, because if, it, if this pipeline doesn't go through, just like Energy East, the resentment is going to surge more. It's going to divide Eastern Canada and Western Canada, and now we've got BC siding against us either.
0: You, you sent an email to me on the 12th of February, 2016. I want to read that in just a second. Yeah. The three of you, when we talked two years ago, it wasn't like you were standing here on your chairs and cheering for the dissolution of Canada. You That's were, sad you were quite sad about it, about what you thought might happen. Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Let me read the email that I received from uh, Jerry. He sent this in February of 2016. <laughs> you can pull the pot down on um, on while I'm reading this, please. Hi, Roy. The following covers what I'd like to discuss, and we'd sent uh, emails back and forth about what we'd talk about based on Jerry's initial email to me. The feeling that Alberta should separate or uh, from Canada or form a Western territory with the other Western provinces has been brewing for a while. However, this seems to be a growing sentiment in Alberta. And let me just add, emails that I've seen particularly recently from Alberta have underscored this. One of the main things that is fostering uh, this attitude is anger from Albertans, Uh, anger that is aimed at the bad choices from the Notley government and the new liberal government. Alberta has given so much to Canada for a long time. Now, instead of Canada reaching out to help Alberta, it does what it can to hinder pipeline development and leave us struggling. It seems eastern Canada would rather continue to import 650,000 barrels of OPEC crude by Tanker Daily instead of using Alberta and Saskatchewan oil. Now Trudeau announces yet another environmental study instead of moving ahead with this project. A moratorium on west coast tanker traffic has killed the Northern Gateway project, and the B.C. government is doing what it can to sabotage the Trans Mountain expansion. Remember, this was written in February 2016. So what is so great about being part of Canada? Oil isn't going anywhere. We need it. Not just for our cars and trucks, but it's everywhere. A world without oil products is not possible with today's technology. So those people who want to give up oil should ask themselves, what are you prepared to give up? Anything with plastics or carbon fiber? The clothes you wear? Made from synthetic fabrics, rayon, polyester, lycron, nylon, Gore-Tex. It's all from plastics. Eyeglasses and the lenses, cell phones and tablets. Anyone want to go back to using lead paint in their homes? Latex paints are the standard now. The list is long and oil is here to stay for at least the next few decades. In the meantime, we can find cleaner ways to process it. We're angry at politicians who fail to serve the people who elected them, but continue to find new ways to serve themselves with a bigger power base instead. The Liberal government is planning and working toward changing the voting system to a ranked ballot type that will pretty much guarantee future majority Liberal governments. Who wants to be part of that? Most Albertans have a strong sense of independence. We want less government in our lives, not more. The philosophy in eastern Canada seems to be the opposite from my perspective. So if this government wants to move to change the voting system, continue to stifle development in the West and wants to keep us from supporting ourselves, why would we want to continue to be part of it? America said that for a long time they need to become energy independent and get off OPEC oil. Alberta oil would go a long way to achieve that, joining with Saskatchewan even more so. So that's one way to go. Adding B.C. to the mix could turn a Western republic into an economic powerhouse. That is our future or Canada could start working together as one country and work together instead of choking out an entire province economically. Uh, He goes on and concludes by saying, Jerry wrote this in 2016, February, I also feel that our political leaders don't do enough to promote the great strides in developing clean energy technology. Alberta uses coal power, but we operate the cleanest one in the world, employing a four-stage scrubber system and other innovations. Why don't we sell this to China and others that will continue to use coal regardless? I've never heard the media report anything on the reclamation process of oil sands, mines to return each to a boreal forest after the oil has been removed. They actually leave the land better than before it was mined because the oil is removed from the ground. Many of us feel that the political culture is so corrupt and self-serving that it's beyond repair. Sorry for the length, but there's a lot wrong. So, we'll take a break. And then we'll come back. We'll talk some more with Jerry and Chris and Bill, find out if that is still exactly how they feel, or if there's been some modifying of their views based on the email that was sent by Jerry in 2016. And then we'll include your phone calls. It all ties together, our conversation with the Premier of Saskatchewan, our conversation upcoming with Jerry and with Chris and with Bill, and, of course, with you. Don't go away.
1: He doesn't like bullies, and he'll call them out. This, this is the Roy Green Show.
0: And yeah, there's a... It is a really divisive issue, this issue of uh, of the pipelines, divisive. And it is no help that our political managers, can't call them leaders, our political managers, are inept on a good day. I got an email from uh, Al in uh, British Columbia. Thousands of pipeline jobs and thousands more, except they'll be unpaid jobs when the big cleanup starts in the harbor. It'll be up to the volunteers as usual when a tanker goes down. There's a lot of passion. There's so much passion, but it I said it earlier. We adopt a policy that we agree with, and then we look for people to agree with us. And you can accuse me of doing that. I'm not, but you can accuse me of it. So Jerry, Chris, and Bill in Alberta. Uh, guys, let me just I'll start with you, Chris. Um, the pipeline... The Trans Mountain Pipeline, how do you see this playing itself out? What do you expect is going to happen, and what do you think Alberta's role is going to be?
3: At the end of the day, I think this thing is finally going to get built. It's probably going to take a couple changes of government, federally and provincially here in Alberta. Ultimately uh... they will they there'll be a new government in ottawa and they will make sure that this thing goes through because as i see it bc doesn't have they don't have the right to block it legally constitutionally and all they're trying to do with this money for kinder morgan i think is just to give it to them to pay bc for the new compliance costs that they want to tack on to try to stop it
0: So we're not getting anywhere near the truth from the main players, political players. Bill, how do you view it, and what do you think Alberta's role is going to be? Do you think that you have anywhere near the leadership, either now or in waiting, to properly represent the interests of the province of Alberta?
1: Hmm. Well, let me first uh, say something about uh, the individual that was talking about the volunteer cleanups off the coast. Or is this the same cleanups that you might have to do if the daily barges to Vancouver Island swamp? Because they're chock full of fuel, oil, and gasoline and things as well. Anyways, um, back on to the other one. We don't have leadership in Alberta right now. We've got an accidental leadership because, as with other areas in Canada, the, well, there's a lot of Albertans last provincial election that were not thinking. And they figured they were going to punish a government that, yes, was out of control. And they put this in. Like Rachel Notley is dead set against the, the, any any oil sands, any pipelines, anything along those lines. Like anybody that believes that she is looking out for Alberta's interests, I've got some swamp land to sell them. So I'll bet you the whole three of them and a the few of the other ones sat in there for an hour and a half drinking tea and then basically gave each other all high fives and just you know went out and made their little. Do you know the
0: cynicism that is directed toward politicians is sen- is is richly earned?
1: Uh, Absolutely.
0: Jerry, yeah. how's how's this going to play play out? And if I were to put 100 Albertans, if I were to get 100 Albertans um, in a room together and ask them if they're satisfied with, with how this is going forward, with the premier saying she's going to defend the pipeline, that she will move to stop energy products being delivered to uh, British Columbia if the situation carries on, Uh, to her dissatisfaction and the dissatisfaction of the province and the needs of the province. What people say to me? What do you think the consensus view would be?
4: Oh, I think to stop, to to cut the flow, I think it'd be largely supported. This is kind of getting to be the line in the sand for Albertans. Um, You know, we're we're being like a caged animal. We're getting backed into a corner. And, of course, being Westerners, we're going to come up swinging and, and, What's what? What they're doing is she's going to take our tax dollars, our own money, in, uh, basically, and they're going to they're going to kind of lay it out for Kendall Morgan. It's like we'll we'll backstop your project, but don't pull but, away from but, it. But 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 she did not go through all the court delays, I got t- I have
0: to take a break in a couple of seconds. But she did not steal the premier's job. She was elected into it.
4: Yeah, I know. It was. I think, that, like Bill said, there was a lot of people that were. Punishing, they were so unhappy with the last government they right. just wanted to see something different.
0: Yeah, I saw that and in 1990 in Ontario. Did, you
4: know, she was she was a typical red Tory, and I mean, look where okay. she is now. She's a high-powered lawyer at the UN, which is
0: kind all of right. Hold strong. on, guys, I'm going to come back to Jerry, Chris, and Bill. One eight hundred two six three twenty four twenty eight is my number. 800-263-2428. What do you want to add to this? Are you a Western Canadian who feels that similarly feels to, similarly to Jerry, Chris, and Bill? What about uh, in Ontario and even Quebec or Atlantic Canada, if you're listening to us online in in the Atlantic provinces? 800 263 2428. What do you want to add to this whole discussion about the pipeline and the mess that we're in? Give us a call.
1: He has been called many things, but we just call him Roy. This is the Roy Green Show. We can't shut down the oil sands tomorrow. Uh, we need to phase them out. We need to manage the transition off of our dependence on fossil fuels. Uh, that is going to take time. And in the meantime, we have to manage that transition.
3: Our nation was built on the construction of some of these projects. And they've been very unifying projects for the nation of Canada. If a province such as British Columbia is able to stop one of these projects, it begs the question, Is do we, do we still have a
0: nation? There's the Premier of Saskatchewan. And before that, of course, the Prime Minister of Canada. I'm receiving so many emails and lengthy emails with very strong opinions. I just have to read a few of them to you. Not all, not all the, uh, not the entire email, but I'll read parts of the emails. And then we'll get back to our guests. Uh, This email from John to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. He writes in part, uh, and it has to do with our caller from uh, British Columbia who uh, did not want to see the Trans Mountain extension built. Um, He writes in part, I'd like to add that nothing was said about research done by independent labs on what would happen if there was a spill in the water, or maybe that's because it showed that heavy oil would stay together and be easily skimmed off the surface for days and up to 30 days, not spread like the oil from Exxon. Uh, Last, I'd like to point out how dirty cruise ships are, both to air and water. Oops. What about Victoria sending raw sewage and water from car washes? Auto shops into our ocean. What about the pulp and paper mills? Oh yeah, people are becoming very emotional. Have become very emotional about this issue, and it's again, it's largely because of incompetent political leadership. This is an email from someone who does not want to be mentioned by name, and I will honor that. Uh, she writes, "You had a caller at the end of the last hour from B.C. Here, I believe her name was Leslie." Unfortunately, I did not hear the entire call, but from the portion I heard, she is quite, and then she uses the word, hypocrite, Um, just like many other people opposed to the pipeline. It appears to be catastrophic for the B.C. tourism industry and related jobs to be harmed in the very remote chance of an oil spill in the province or on the coast. Apparently, it's okay to Leslie that the oil industry and related jobs in Alberta are expendable. Just uh, like your current gentleman guests from Alberta, I'd like to know if... She's truly prepared for the consequences if Alberta shut off the oil taps and she was forced to other alternatives that she claims exists. Does she ever travel by car? Does she ever take a plane? Does she have a cell phone or other plastics in her life that she'd be prepared to live without? Additionally, Trudeau says he won't write a blank check to Kinder Morgan. Funny, he had no problem in writing, an essence, of blank check to a convicted terrorist for millions of dollars, and that didn't bother him. Trudeau needs to get a backbone, put on his big boy pants, and do his job. Thanks for allowing me to vent. I, you know, I, I, I didn't agree with Leslie's points, but I thought she was, I she was, um, uh, it was a good call. Strong opinions, and whether we agree or not, that's what this is all about. It's what you do on the on this uh, format of radio. You express your points of view and you debate, and I think we can get more done here than apparently is done. In some political arenas, at least there's not any collusion. And here's a response to Al in B.C., who wrote about volunteers cleaning up after tankers. Hey, Al, writes John, when was the last time a tanker sank in Barard Inlet? Are you saying that the harbour master can't do his job? Any tanker can spill oil. An oil tanker carrying feathers can leak oil. That's a scare tactic, Al, and you know it, and that's from John, and he's in British Columbia. So, so many emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Back to my guests who are joining us from Alberta, as they did two years ago with the issues that they raise about maybe this country not having a future, a united future. Jennifer is calling in from Edmonton. They're Jerry, Chris, and Bill. Jennifer's calling from Edmonton. Jennifer, you want to say something in defense of Rachel Notley, correct? Yes. Go ahead, please
2: well first of all i didn't vote ndp and so but i'm actually quite surprised and i plan to vote for her the next time and my reason is is first of all i think she managed the economic downturn quite well yes we are now in a debt situation um but she kept people working when the conservatives would have laid everybody off and mortgage payments wouldn't have been made As for the pipeline, um, I'm getting frustrated listening to your show today. Um, I, too, agree with the pipeline. Um, In terms of the carbon tax, we were going to have this carbon tax imposed on us by Trudeau. By having the carbon tax, which I do not like, it has also gotten us one step closer to getting a pipeline which none of the, again, the Conservatives have been able to do for four I, years. I don't,
0: know, I don't know how you draw that conclusion. By the way, the carbon tax, I spoke with uh, the former Premier of uh, yes. Saskatchewan, Brad Wall, who said yes. he spoke with Mr. Trudeau the day after Trudeau made it mandatory for Canadian provinces to sign on to a national carbon tax, and Mr. Wall asked Mr. Trudeau, have you done any economic impact study for a carbon tax? And uh, the prime minister said, no, we have not. And remember that in 2014, Jennifer, Australia, which had a carbon tax for two or three years, got rid of it because they said it was harming their families, harming their economy, and harming the future of Australia. Now, you've, you've said a few oh, things. Hold on, Jennifer. Jennifer, me? hold on. You've said a few things. Let me ask Jerry or Chris or Bill to respond to you. They're, you're all Albertans. Yeah. Jerry, why don't you take this one?
4: well, you know, if you, if you look at your gas bill now, you see about, uh, well, I don't, my last one was about $28 of it was uh, carbon tax. And I don't really see any place that this money's going other than into government coffers. And there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of accountability. As for uh, people being back to work, um, as a tradesman, I can tell you there's a couple hundred thousand tradesmen in Alberta and professional people that are out of work. And the only people that really benefited from Rachel Notley's government are those who work for the government or the big unions, where she's hired an additional 55,000 government workers. So, you know, there's really been to the economy because government does not move economies. It's private sector
3: that does.
0: Chris, a thought from you?
3: Yeah, I got to agree with what Jerry's saying on that. Um, as for re-electing Rachel Notley again, hey. Did, that's Jennifer's choice. If she wants to, that's fine. I. It gets back to that cynicism of politicians, type thing. I. I didn't vote for her the first time. I wouldn't again. I not right.
1: do it now.
0: Bill. So.
1: Well, I'll pass what she had to say on to the ten or twelve people that I personally work with that'll be getting laid off here in the end, next two months because uh, their jobs are gone thanks to the overregulation brought in by the likes of Rachel Notley.
0: All right, let me, uh, Jennifer, thank you very much for the call. 800-263-2428 is the number and wherever you are in Canada. We're getting, of course, uh, a lot of feedback from, from Alberta and British Columbia. If we have people in Ontario who have points of view that, you know, phone lines come available sporadically. 800-263-2428. When you hear the kind of sentiment that you're hearing, and not just from my three guests now, but what you've heard before, and what you've heard over the days and weeks, past and months past, as we fight and argue and and complain about about uh, the oil sands, and we complain about pipelines. Look, the reality is that this is a we're blessed to have the kinds of natural resources that we have. We're blessed to have them, and we should be using the natural resources that we have, the energy resources that we have selling those internationally where they're required, bringing in a tremendous amount of money into Canada to help our economy, to help our social programs, to help um, uh, our health care as well. There's so much that can be done with the billions of dollars that we're not taking in. Let's take a break. We'll come back at 800-263-2428.
1: Sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. This is The Roy Green Show.
0: (laughs) One of the uh, unfortunate side effects of um, a series of elections coming up quickly is that whatever political statements are made are going to be affected by the fact that elections are coming up. So what we heard from the prime minister today and what we heard from Rachel Notley today has to do at least somewhat with the fact a federal election is going to happen next year and a provincial election in Alberta is going to happen uh, next spring. So, British Columbia's Premier Horgan, who knows how long he's going to have that job until Andrew Weaver and uh, the Greens decide, that's it, we're out. And then British Columbians will be going back to the polls. We are, we're a nation, we have so much. and. It was not so long ago during the Cretchen regime, when annually there would be a great deal of cheering and backslapping when the United Nations declared Canada to be the number one nation in the world in which to live. Since Mr Trudeau was elected, I continuously hear that we can do better and that we aren't as accommodating and as gracious as we should be. there's there's a lot wrong with Canada. And I don't believe Mr. Trudeau. I, I lost, Trudeau lost me before the election, but then he really lost me when he told the, the the New York Times that Canada would be the world's first post-national state. How can you be a patriotic Canadian? How can you be a responsible prime minister? How can you be somebody who has Canada's best interests at heart when you tell the New York Times, startling the reporter you're talking to, that the the country, the Canada that you were just elected to represent as its prime minister would be the world's first post-national state? You can't. And Mr. Trudeau also told the CBC in Montreal a few years ago when Stephen Harper was still the prime minister that if Canada adopted the values of Stephen Harper, that he would think about joining the Quebec separatist movement. So, personally, I have some questions about Mr. Trudeau's commitment to this country. That's just me. I'm not asking anybody to agree with me. Jerry, Chris, and Bill are with us um, from Alberta. Have any of you lost your jobs over the last couple of years?
4: Oh, I'm not working in my trade anymore because there's no there's no work.
0: Was it oil related?
4: Uh, well, I'm an electrician, so it's uh, I'm I'm going to be sixty in a couple of weeks, and uh, nobody wants to hire an old electrician. So I do I do a few side jobs, some uh, consulting work, that sort of thing. A few bucks here, a few bucks there, but I'm not working in my trade anymore.
0: And how many years did you work at that?
4: Oh, long time.
0: <laughs> so if if and I don't know I don't know I don't see why at sixty years of age you wouldn't be able to. Figure out electrical patterns any longer. I don't think anything changes as far as that's concerned. or Not so much. No, that not you can't at all. I mean, I, I've got a. But it, but, I- but it's but it's tied directly to what's been going on economically.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, what happened is when, when the downturn in oil happened, there was uh, there was massive amounts of layoffs up in uh, up in the oil sands and and uh, Fort Mac. And all those tradespeople that were working up there are now down here competing for the jobs. So mm-hmm. I have to, at my age, I have to compete with much younger, less experienced electricians, but they're still able to do all the grunt work. and. You know, there's just only so many project manager jobs around. Yeah.
0: what do you want to say to the rest of the country if you're going to be talking, not necessarily, you can talk to your neighbors in uh, in British Columbia and Saskatchewan as well, but if you're talking to people across Canada, if you're talking to people in uh, in Manitoba, or you're talking to Canadians in Ontario or the province of Quebec, or we have lots of uh, Maritimers who listen online, I get emails from them. Bill, what would you say to... To the rest of the country, what do they what do they need to understand from your perspective of the pipeline issue, of our national unity issue, of Premier Mo asking, do we uh, is, do we have a nation? What do you want to say to them?
1: Um, well, simply this: like you know, even look at BC. There's a lot of areas outside of the the greater metropolitan areas of Vancouver, etc., that don't agree with what Oregon's doing. And, and I'll add this. I, I, I do believe that B.C. does have recall legislation in place just throwing it out there. Um, and to see the areas in Quebec and Ontario and that, there's, what, almost a half a million jobs in oil-related, oil-field-related industries, and a lot of them in Ontario and in Quebec. This is good for the entire country. Remember a little thing called the railway that uh, sort of joined coast-to-coast? I mean, we could split up, we could actually, you know, say, follow um, what the, uh, Peter Zahan had to say about maybe secession into the states, or perhaps if Kenny's listening and he's on the ball, maybe he's going to talk to the Americans and try to make some sort of side deals and see if we can maybe... Yeah, but what does that, mean to, people, what does that mean
0: to people in the rest of the country?
1: What would it mean to the people yeah. in the
0: rest of the what country? What do you want to say to... What, what Say something to people in Ontario so they understand, from, the, from your gut what's going on in alberta
1: we're we're tired of being the redhead stepchild of the country being you know spat upon by our federal leaders and in i guess unfortunately a lot of the of the uh provincial leaders who who look upon our oil as dirty it's oil it's not dirty or look upon us as a bunch of rubes and hicks we're not um I got you. You want a seat at the table. I got gotcha. you. And, and we, we're owed that.
0: I get you. Chris is in Saskatoon. Go ahead, Chris. Hello, Chris. Go ahead, please.
1: I have a solution. Um, We've got to build four to six refineries. Pipelines can be fine, but we can't be shipping it. You can't increase, you can't triple the shipping out of the West Coast. It's just not viable. We have to build pipelines here, have regional refineries, stop the shipment of oil to Oklahoma, take our oil off world price and give them a contract price of, say, $40 a barrel, go to town.
0: Well, I got you, but uh, we are not going to get refineries built no, in Canada. Really. It's just not going to happen, because there isn't the support for the oil sands to begin with. You heard Mr. Trudeau say last year that you know they need to be phased out, and then he said later on, when he was in Alberta instead of in Peterborough, Ontario, that he misspoke when he said that need to be phased out. This is the problem now.
1: If I could add to that, Roy, really yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, it's it's all regulations that stop that. If we had a government in charge in both in the provinces and federally, I, I agree with your caller. If, if we got rid of some of these regulations and some of them are so onerous that it's years before you get a shovel in the ground, we could build refineries here and we could build them probably fairly cheap and we could ha- be completely self
3: stuff. It's not going to happen.
1: Then it's stuff. not going to happen. What, a, what about a uh,
3: First Nations community wants to build an oil refinery?
0: Well, we do, we do know that some 30 First Nations in British Columbia want to build a pipeline. Pipeline, exactly. The Eagle Spirit yeah. Pipeline. We've talked to Calvin Helene about that. And uh, the chairman of the Eagle Spirit Pipeline project, and that's $16 billion. What they wound up doing was going to GoFundMe.com to gather to, uh, I think, in in a way, to also point out to, to Ottawa how unfair the situation is. But they went to GoFundMe, and they wanted to get some funds so they could fight the federal government uh, in uh, in court. Guys, I thank you very much. We've run out of time. Good to talk to you again after two years.
1: Yeah, thank it was fun. talking to you, too. Good talking to you guys, too. Hey, Jared, get a hold of me. Yeah, I'll send you a shoot you an email.
0: Okay, guys. Jerry, Chris, and Bill on uh, the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. We talked to them, as I said, in 2016. There are so many tentacles to this pipeline story. There's so much emotion involved. And uh, again, yeah, all you have to do is bring up Energy East, and Trans Mountain, what's been happening recently, what happened today. The fact that it seems to so many people that at least some politicians are talking out of all three sides of their mouths at the same time. And you can listen back to my interview with the Saskatchewan Premier, Scott Moe. Just go to RoyGreenShow.com, and uh, it's there for you in the podcast in its entirety. It's about 18 minutes. We'll come right back.